As a small open economy that is dependent on trade, the COVID-19 lockdowns hampered the ability of many South African businesses to operate. But even prior to this pandemic, why is it that South Africa's exports have lagged behind the rest of the world? What role do trade and industrial policy play in this? And where should the focus be given the importance of trade and economic growth? In this podcast, we will be discussing the latest research conducted in conjunction with the German Development Corporation and the International Food Policy Research Unit. This research, entitled Understanding South Africa's Trade Policy and Performance, identifies the reasons behind South Africa's somewhat disappointing trade performance. Given how important manufacturing and trade are to economic growth and employment, resolving these challenges matters. Today, we are joined by none other than Dr. Matthew Stern, one of the co-authors of this paper, and we will be discussing which direction South Africa should adopt in order to strengthen its position in the international economy. Welcome, Matthew. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Hi, Marga. So before we get into your research, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what drew you to this area of research? Thanks, Marga. Um, I've been involved in trade and industrial policy research for 21 years now. Um, Kickstarted in 1996 when I joined the then Department of Trade and Industry. Um, and that was a, you know, a fascinating time in South African politics and policy processes, but also a, a very important time in terms of South Africa's trade policy agenda. Um, so from then onwards, I've moved into other government roles, working in the National Treasury, and then the World Bank, um, and uh, more recently in management and consulting business. Um, but my, you know, the focus of my research and, and, and my interest has remained in trying to understand uh, the design and the impact of, of trade and industrial policies um, mostly in South Africa. Yes, it's a very important part of our economy and I'm glad we uh, have some experts giving it their, their full attention. <laughs> so uh, since the end of the old government regime, South Africa has opened up to trade, yet we find ourselves facing little economic growth. Where does South Africa fit in globally and what is its trajectory? Okay, as you indicated in your, in, in your intro, uh, South Africa is very much a classical, small and open economy. Um, in 2019, South Africa accounted for just 0.6% of overall world GDP. Um, and so we're not going to grow or develop just by selling or producing ourselves. Um, we're just too small for that. And so you know, we have to export in order to grow our productive capacity. And we have to import in order to you know, provide the full range of you know, goods and services that are needed um, by South African uh, consumers and producers. And so trade is incredibly important um, for us. And again, that you know, can be seen in the numbers. Um, trade accounts for, uh, at this stage, 60% of overall GDP. And so what's disappointing or distressing is that over the last 10 years, South Africa's export performance um, has not only slowed down, but it's lagged the rest of the world. So for the first 10 years of the 2000s, um, we grew or our exports grew more or less in line with world export growth rate. Um, but over the last 10 years, our export growth rate has halved. Um, over the same period, our exports have grown not just lower than the world average, um, but below the average rate of Sub-Saharan Africa. And so wow. we have a problem. Our exports are just not catching up with the, or keeping up with the rest of the world. Um, as a share of total exports, um, South African exports have declined from around 0.6% of world exports to around 0.4% in just 20 years. Um, and that has a knock-on impact on GDP. You know, if we had just maintained mm -hmm. our share of world trade, the South African exports today would be about 50% higher. 
and our overall economy would be at least $50 billion bigger. Wow, that's crazy. So why is this the case? Why has South Africa's external competitiveness declined so much? And what have been the key constraints resulting in this? Thanks, Margaret. So the, the main purpose of our paper is specifically to try and understand you know, what, what these constraints might be. And we identified three broad categories of constraints. Um, the first set are, are structural issues. Um, as, as you would know, South Africa's economy is very much minerals and metals based, and we see the same in our export profile. Um, our top 10 export products last year um, were dominated by metals and minerals products, um, the, the lone exception being the auto industry. And these 10 products um, account for almost half, about 40% of our total exports. And so we've got caught in exporting a small group of mature and low growing products um, where we also have notable supply constraints. So that's one of the potential problems or causes. Mm. The second potential explanatory factor is the, the domestic business environment itself. Um, you know, to, in order to export competitively, we need to be able to access good quality services, good quality infrastructure, and particularly cost-effective and efficient trade infrastructure. Unfortunately, in South Africa, that no longer seems to be the case. Um, we're all aware of the, the barriers, the capacity issues that exporters face at the ports. And if we stand back and look more broadly at some of the international measures of, of competitiveness, South Africa has not performed well over the last uh, decade or two. Um, the World Bank ease of doing business, we've slid from, um, well, slid 52 positions in the world rankings in just 11 years. We see a, a similar decline if we look at the World Economic Forum Global Competitiveness Report, where we've fallen from about 42nd to 60th out of 141 countries. Wow. And what most of these indexes point out is that the key cause or one of the key reasons for our overall decline in competitiveness is the, the high cost of trading from South Africa. Mm. Um, relative cost of getting goods to the ports and borders um, and then getting goods um, from South Africa to foreign markets. Gosh. And then the third set of issues that we consider um, in the paper is uh, policy issues and the impact of that policy has on trade performance and exports. Um, trade policy directly um, and in the early 90s and early 2000s you know, we saw quite strong trade reforms and they had the intended impact. Um, imports increased but so too did exports. Um, in recent years, there's been much less action on the trade policy front. And likewise, um, the response has been much more muted. Um, but we also raised questions about the, the potential role of industrial policy. Um, and South Africa's industrial policy is intended to support domestic industries, um, to promote and protect specific sectors, um, and also to promote other um, national interests. Um, in doing so, it specifically encourages firms to produce for and sell into the domestic market. Mm. So our concern is that together these, these trade policy changes, um, the imposition or impact of industrial policy has raised the incentive to produce for the domestic market um, and reduced the relative profit that firms might receive from exporting. As economists, we call that raising the, the anti-export bias to exporting. Interesting. So this has been a trajectory that's been happening for the last few years, as you mentioned. But we've also, when we think of South Africa, we know it is one of the most mature economies in Africa, and it's the largest after Nigeria. And we speak about the importance of its position within Africa. 
who are our dominant trade partners, both in Africa and in the rest of the world? And how has this changed over the past 20 years? So historically, Europe has been our main export market. Uh, but we've seen some very interesting trends or developments over the, the last two decades. So Europe's share in South Africa's overall exports has fallen from around 40% to around 25% today. Um, and most of that change has been absorbed by Africa. So South Africa's exports to Africa have risen dramatically, particularly since around 2004, um, from around 15% to also around a quarter of our total trade. Okay. Um, trade with US has kind of declined, but at a more modest rate. Um, and then as we would expect trade with China, exports to China also increased quite strongly, um, particularly um, between 2006 and 2010 and stabilized at around 10% of the title. Okay, so into, in your paper, you go into a lot of detail about South Africa's role in trading with other African countries in China. What do these countries rely on us for and what is our competitive advantage here? And then I guess the big question, how sustainable is it? Right, well with China, exports are almost exclusively accounted for by minerals and metals products. Um, even more so than our profile with the rest of the world. So you know, if, we, if we look at South Africa's trade profile with China, about 90% of all exports are accounted for just by five tariff lines, five metal and mineral products. So highly concentrated and highly dependent on you know, commodity demand um, and commodity prices. Uh, and that's what drives our trade with China. Exports to Africa on the hand are quite different. Um, they seem to comprise of a much higher percentage of higher value added or finished products. Um, and by some indications around 50% of all of South Africa's uh, manufactured exports um, go to African markets. On the other hand, looking a little bit more closely at the data, and there are two interesting features which are worth noting. Uh, firstly, um, almost all of this trade, almost all of our exports to Africa goes to just seven countries. So mm -hmm. you know, these seven countries are Saku neighboring countries and uh, Mozambique um, account for 70% of our total exports to Africa. Um, and that does raise questions around whether this growth rate is sustainable unless we can drive these exports further up into the continent. Um, a second important feature to note is that a large portion of this trade, these apparent exports from South Africa to the rest of the continent seem to be made up by re-exports. And so South Africa imports manufactured items, consumer goods from the rest of the world. They are cleared here, they're warehoused here, and then they are traded upwards and outwards into the continent. And so a lot of what we see as this manufacturing export success story into Africa is in fact a, a logistics story, a wholesale story a retail and a services story. See, very interesting. So I guess this then links to what you're saying about our industrial policy and our trade policy and the importance of actually manufacturing more here as opposed to just focusing on the logistical side. But another area which you touch on in your paper, which is quite important is the role of international trade negotiations. What can you say about South Africa's approach to these? Thanks, Marcus. So in preparing for this paper, we spoke to a number of experts, both within the South African government, um, but also to people who sit around the table, um, South, South Africa's negotiating partners, both at the international, but also um, within African trade negotiations. And a consistent picture emerges. Um, South Africa, in all cases, uh, adopts a careful, 
um, if not very conservative approach to trade negotiations. Um, in Africa, um, this is reflected in uh, restrictive rules of origin, which severely limit the kinds of goods that will ultimately qualify for preferences. And we've also been very reluctant to engage in meaningful services negotiation in the African continent. And this, you know, despite the fact um, that this is one area where we would expect South Africa to have a, a strong competitive advantage. Uh, internationally, um, South Africa has played an important role in holding back multilateral negotiations on many of the new trade issues. And this is most notable in the areas of domestic regulatory principles um, and more recently um, in the area of e-commerce. Um, regardless of our position at the international fora at the WTO, um, negotiations on these issues are going to continue. Um, and by excluding ourselves from these discussions, uh, our voice will simply not be heard. So why do you think that's the case? Margaret, it's driven largely by policy considerations. Um, some proactive in that South Africa does not believe that movement in e-commerce or the approach to e-commerce negotiations um, is currently in our interest. Um, and our preference is for a more protectionist, defensive e-commerce uh, global trade agenda. But it's also partly reactive with offensive and that South Africa rightly um, is concerned that the commitments that were made in the Doha round um, of world trade negotiations um, have not been fully pursued, um, have not been completed and they refuse or we refuse to move forward on any new trade issues until these global commitments um, have been honored. Um, and that, um, again, can be understood from a political economy perspective, but it does mean that we hold back the agenda. That does mean that even if we do have interest in these particular issues, um, we do not present them and we're not prepared to negotiate in these important new areas of world trade. Yeah, I think it's very important that they realize that our trading partners realize that we take them very seriously and we need, because as you said in the beginning, as a small open economy, we cannot do it by ourselves. So it really is, is important. So you've essentially identified that the structure of South Africa's export basket is dominated by commodities. We are dependent on a small number of large mature economies, as I just mentioned, and our international competitiveness and general business environment has been deteriorating. So then, what do we do now? Practically, where should our main focus be? We, we conclude by putting forward four main sets of recommendations. Um, the first talks to the business environment. Um, and as you rightly uh, indicate, yeah, this probably is the, you know, the most severe, but also the most difficult constraint to resolve. Um, you know, until we can get our rails and ports working more efficiently, um, until we can get our, our customs, procedures, um, uh, registration, licensing, other administrative processes of the border um, work, working better, until we can lower the costs and improve the quality of, of, of key inputs into manufacturing, such as telecoms, energy, transport, um, you know, we're not going to be able to play competitively at a global scale. Um, there are, of course, many initiatives in place already to try and address these constraints. Most of these constraints are well known, um, but we need to make more of a concerted effort to slowly um, knock off these barriers um, and make more effort to ratchet ourselves back up 
um, these international ratings improve our international competitiveness um, compared to our global trading partners. Um, the second set of recommendations is around uh, the policy space. Um, and here, you know, we, we recognize that South Africa's industrial policy, localization policy, black economic empowerment, all have important roles to play in transforming um, our economy. Uh, but they do also, in cases, come at a cost. Um, and so in rolling out these policies, we need to understand what both the benefits, but also the potential costs might be um, of new or different industrial policies. We need to understand um, and engage on these trade-offs. And where possible, we need to put in place mitigating actions um, to ensure that these kinds of um, industrial policies do not impact on our long-term trade competitiveness. Yes. Thirdly, um, and one of the mechanisms that we can pursue more actively to try and overcome the potential costs inherent in our business environment um, is we need to have a comprehensive and well-targeted export promotion and export finance framework in place. Um, again, this is an area where South Africa does have existing institutions, does, does have good policies, at least in terms of design, uh, but the implementation of some of these policies um, is perhaps not optimal. Um, and we should certainly be looking for ways to improve, improve and enhance um, the export promotion policy framework. Now, this also requires you know, more constant and open engagements with business itself to work out what they need to access and to get into new markets. And finally, we need to look, we need to relook at our trade policy. Um, South Africa's most recent publicly available trade policy was um, developed and released in 2010. Um, okay. The following decade has not been great for trade, um, as we've discussed today. And so it certainly seems that a, a new updated and comprehensive trade policy is needed um, to guide South Africa's approach to negotiations in Africa and internationally, um, and also to address the many constraints um, that we've identified um, in our paper and which are um, encountered um, by business in trying to access new markets. Now, these policies also need to be monitored, they need to be reviewed more often, um, and they need to be revised um, when appropriate. Okay. Those are some, some great recommendations. I, I hope that we could get these all executed as efficiently as possible. <laughs> Tell me, so thank you, Matthew. Is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners? Thanks, Margot. I, I worry that most of our discussion has come across perhaps as a little bit too negative. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've been discussing the constraints to trade, the challenges, um, but perhaps haven't touched on the opportunities. And what's encouraging is to you know, look back at last year, um, a year where we were ravaged by COVID, um, we were locked up for large periods of time and the overall global environment you know, was uh, scrappy at best. Uh, but South Africa's exporters responded remarkably. Uh, we saw incredible growth, both in commodity exports, um, but also in the agricultural sector. And so I think it's you know, important to acknowledge you know, that performance, but also the last year highlights how much more we can do, how much more we can produce and export if we can get the right policies in place, if we can improve the business environment um, for existing exporters, and if we can find ways to bring in new exporters and diversify 
uh, overall export offering. Thank you. Yes, we are an incredibly resilient nation. And uh, I think, yes, there is a lot of potential which lies within us. Thank you so much for your time, Matthew. We really appreciate all the research that you have been doing in this field. And for those of you that would like to hear more from Matthew, we also look forward to having you at our live discussion on Wednesday, the 11th of August at 3.30 p.m. Central African time. So thank you. We look forward to that. To our listeners, also a big thank you. And please follow Ursa on our social media channels and share this podcast with anyone you may know that would be interested in learning more about building back South Africa's manufacturing and trade sectors in the post-COVID world. Thank you for listening. Till next time.